another Money Minute. Today, some of Australia's biggest companies are reporting their profits. On the face of it, they're not looking all that flash. But it's the hope for the future from the chief executives that's the more important message. Today was one of the busiest days on Australia's corporate calendar. The Commonwealth Bank, Australia's largest bank, reported a cash profit that was down 11% to $7.3 billion. The actual headline profit was up because they'd sold some businesses. But the Commonwealth Bank not only retained dividends to shareholders, some had earlier suggested they might not, but also it paid out as much as was possible as allowed by the banking regulator. Its strength was well and truly on display. The story wasn't as good for the nation's biggest job site, Seek.com. Its shares fell almost 9% after underlying profit fell to $20 million, with write-offs in its value of its South American business. Also, the final dividend scrap, that's something investors do not like. And also, one of the world's biggest toll road operators, certainly Australia's largest, is Transurban. It lost $111 million in the last financial year, compared with a $171 million profit last year. That's clearly as COVID-19 has taken its own toll on shareholders as a result of fewer people on the roads and on its own motorways. But each of these companies, I think, is instructional in their own right about how we've changed our own behaviour in the face of the coronavirus and how companies and workers are adapting while they're waiting for the change to come. start off with the Commonwealth Bank and its earnings today. The important part about this is it is significantly an improved outlook as compared with what it was going back, say, three months ago. Now, the one thing that the Commonwealth Bank is doing is clearly supporting a lot of customers. So Matt Common today, the Chief Executive, and we'll play a little bit of what he had to say just very shortly, he said 59,000 business loans worth $14 billion are still deferred. Uh, That's 15% of total balances. But the important part about this, that 59,000 business loans where the payments are deferred is down from a peak of 86,000. So there's a bit of good news. The second bit of good news is the number of deferred home loans. Now, as of three months ago, that was around 154,000. But that's now fallen to 135,000 loans where the payments are at least right now being deferred. It is around 8%, what's that, 1 in 12 of the bank's total mortgage accounts. The outstanding balances there of $48 billion. But the outlook, as Matt Common, the chief executive of the Commonwealth Bank, said today, is brighter than it has been. Clearly, when we went back to March, when the majority of customers went on to repayment deferrals, actually the outlook at that time was much more negative than we've actually experienced over the last few months. So we will continue to... Uh, monitor that situation very closely, but a number of customers have opted to uh, exit their repayment deferrals early because clearly, at least to date, they haven't been as impacted as they would have thought. So it's about $48 billion in balances that are currently deferred. We do expect that the majority will come off repayment deferrals, but we'll also be going through that on a case-by-case basis with customers. 
one of the most important things for any banker right now is to try and have a crystal ball into the future to see what happens when companies ultimately do collapse and when people ultimately do become unemployed. The bank today, like the Reserve Bank and the government, said that the unemployment rate will peak above 10%. And so the Commonwealth Bank, and it's sort of foreshadowed this previously, has indicated it will increase the amount it will set aside for bad and doubtful loans. Now, since last year, that's up to $2.5 billion. Um, But really what they've said today, it's an extra $1.5 billion made as a result of the coronavirus. Uh, And it really hasn't changed much over the past quarter. So in total now, uh, there are $6.4 billion worth of bad and doubtful debt provisions. And also, uh, there's a total $8.7 billion of loans that are said to be, well, troublesome or impaired. Here again is the Chief Executive, Matt Common. Overall, we're lucky that we came into this period uh, in a very strong position. So the bank's been able to operate very effectively during that time, but of course we have been impacted. Uh, A couple of key numbers that are worth highlighting. Our statutory profit was up 12% over the course of the year. That's mainly due to the gain on various divestments. That statutory profit is important because that's the basis on which the dividend uh, is calculated. Our cash net profit after tax, which is more familiar uh, to many of our shareholders, was down 11%. And that was mainly due to the $1.5 billion forward-looking adjustment that we took for future credit losses as a result of the coronavirus pandemic. Now, the reason why this is important is because the bank regulator and the government will be watching our banks right now to make certain that they are solvent. Now, as we know, Australia's big four banks were among the very few banks in the world to have that AA-plus credit rating, which is also by virtue of the Australian government's AAA credit rating. So very strongly rated. But that doesn't mean you're necessarily safe if all of a sudden there is a recession slash depression that sees vast numbers of people unemployed and swathes of businesses going out, leaving you with bad and doubtful debts because it is the banks that are the pressure cooker. And remember that we've had a number of inquiries into our banking system to try and determine whether our banks, A, make too much profit or B, should be unquestionably strong. That's the important thing. But the other side of this is also making certain that the shareholders, the owners who rely on the dividends, well, that there's enough of a payday for them. And that's where the good news came today from the Chief Executive of the Commonwealth Bank. It believes right now it's in a strong enough position and strong enough forward-looking through the coronavirus to continue to pay dividends at the maximum rate allowed by the banking regulator, APRA. We have almost 900,000 retail shareholders and the board, of course, considered a range of different scenarios. Uh, The final dividend of 98 cents fully franked Uh, reflects APRA's, uh, who's the prudential regulator, their guidance to be less than 50%. That 98 cents represents 49.95% of our statutory profit. Now, quite clearly, the ability for the Commonwealth Bank to continue to pay those dividends to shareholders is beholden on people having a job and also trying to see whether there are wage rises into the future. So a few other points out today that are a little instructional on this. One is the wage price index that came out from the Australian Bureau of Statistics. It rose by 0.2% in the June quarter of this year, 1.8% through the year. Now, 
What they've said today is that this is the lowest annual growth in wages in the history of recording these numbers, which is 22 years. So what they're basically saying is as a result of coronavirus, um, social and business restrictions have been picked up in this number. So private sector wage growth eased to 0.1% of a percent as businesses changed the way in which they operated. Now, public sector wage growth, hello, this is what's happened. Private wages falling, public sector wages growing. And the government continues to just pay out more and more people on job seeker, job keeper, and the public service. More and more people are relying on the government for their paycheck. If you go and have a look at the, the, the big falls, they're largely going through WA, lowest wages growth, but other areas are also significantly affected. And what they're reporting today is that there have been actual wage reductions across a whole range of different areas. So uh, it was really uh, a higher proportion of wage reductions for manager and professional roles than for any other occupations. At an industry level, uh, scientific and technical services, construction and rental, hiring and real estate services had the highest proportions of wage reductions. Now, that is also perhaps giving you some hint as to where some of the job cuts might come in the future. And that clearly would then have a flow-on effect into business solvency and also the ability for those people to continue to pay their mortgages. And that's the reason why this becomes such an important thing on the jobs outlook. Now, on that front, you go to seek.com, which is obviously the largest online recruitment company in Australia. Now, despite the fact that the share price fell by 9% at one stage, it was down 14% today. And this is because of a $111 million loss over the past year, as I said earlier, but also because the final dividend was cancelled because they're not certain of the outlook. They have indicated they have an operation in China that they are confident about that business in China picking up, that there are some signs there. They're not quite so, well, shall I say, buoyant about what the outlook will be across other parts of Asia and also into Australia. And so what they're saying is that the ability for their business to recover, for the jobs market to recover, is also going to be about how quickly Victoria gets out of this second wave and the lockdown. And what they're also saying is that wherever restrictions are tightened, this is Andrew Bassett, the chief executive, there is an immediate impact on economic activity and hiring intentions. And quite clearly, that then flows into employment prospects and the ability to continue to pay off a mortgage. And that's where it goes back to those, to those bank profits and dividends we spoke about earlier. The final one I want to talk about today is Transurban. Now, you can see immediately the impact of the coronavirus on Transurban with a $111 million annual loss compared with, as I said, a $171 million profit last year. But the other thing about Transurban is when you go through and just have a look at the toll roads themselves. So say, for example, I'll show you some of them. Uh, the average daily trips on the M2 motorway in Sydney, down 38%. On the Lane Cove Tunnel, 39% down compared with uh, the June quarter last year. Cross City Tunnel in Sydney, 31% down. The M1 Eastern Distributor that goes to the airport, down 38%. The M4 down 14%, so not as bad. And I would suggest that's because there's a lot more parcel deliveries. CityLink in Melbourne down 44%. The Gateway Motorway is down by 30%. The Logan Gateway is down by 12%. 
So you can see in Brisbane, again, well down. So all of these motorways seeing lower traffic means that clearly they're not going to make as much money from that toll revenue, notwithstanding the price increases that are literally welded in to their operations. But I want to go here to Scott Charlton because he continues to be asked about the future of work after the coronavirus and whether, in fact, it has long-term implications for this business and also its future revenues. There have obviously been some grave predictions about no one will ever come back to an office and other things like that, but that's not, uh, that's not I guess, what the survey would suggest. And, you know, some of the um, statements or anecdotal statements about particularly the issue of as longer the pandemic goes and there's more interference between your home life and your work life, it seems the more interested in going back to some sort of office environment, although, as you said, it might not be 100% of the time. But it's why, as well, we put in the data that, just to remind people, you know, rightly or wrongly, the components, the way our traffic um, works out is that, you know, less than 20% of our traffic is tied to commuters. Again, we're about moving around the city as opposed to um, necessarily being delivering all to the um, big employment centres. So Scott Charlton says he doesn't believe that they long-term are going to be affected, that we'll all get back to normal. It's a really interesting thing, this, because I think the jury's still out as to whether the old normal will come back. It relies on us getting a vaccine, surely. We're going to have to adapt and change. I just don't get the sense, at this stage at least anyway, that we can say with any confidence that life is going to get back to where it was previously. And after all, seeing Victoria so rapidly go back down into lockdown and with dire predictions, and now even New Zealand having restrictions placed upon them after four cases were detected that weren't previously known about, I think normal's a long way off. I still think there's plenty of change out there. Well, that's it for today. Send me your comments via Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever your social media of choice might be. We'll do it all again tomorrow. I'm Ross Greenwood, and these are the Money Minutes. We're still